0: This is Drinking the Blue coolie, a Detroit Lions podcast hosted by lifelong Lions fans.
1: UJ. It seems apparent to me that the most intellectual football fans tend to be Lions fans. Bob. Safford is the best
2: quarterback in football. Remember what you saw here. Tell your grandkids, don't forget.
0: Red
3: Dog. I believe we're on the precipice of a new era of Detroit Lions football dominance. Connor.
4: Patricia looks like Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka out there, an absolute blueberry on the sideline.
0: And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. The Detroit Lions 2021 Super Bowl Jams. We can't wait for this upcoming season. Relax. It's time for the pod. Blue Kool Aid drinkers, welcome back to the podcast where we'll be talking everything about this. 2020 uh, season of the Detroit Lions, uh, less than memorable one, I think for certain. Uh, but we'll go around here and rep- and introduce the rest of the Blue Kool Aid crew, uh, and we'll be discussing on this podcast first of all the Lions' current head coaching and GM search, and then we'll get down to our grades for the 2020 season. So let's go around the rest of the crew. First of all, I'm Big Z. Now let's go around. So UJ, we got Happy New Year. Then we got Bob. Hello there. Then we got Connor. Hey, everyone. (laughs) And then last but not least, Dog. Yo! So, gentlemen, the season has wrapped up. The Lions have secured the seventh spot in the draft order. They did not get any help uh, moving up in the draft order on Sunday, uh, So they stay in the seventh spot. What they will do with it, we will have many discussions in the future about that. So we're not really here to talk about the seventh spot so much. What we will be talking about in this podcast again is the Lions head coaching and GM search. And then we'll move on to our grades, our ever-popular season grades. Uh, And (laughs) so first, let's get into the head coaching, uh, shall we? The the yeah, names that have it. been interviewed, the interview, the names that have been interviewed so far. Uh, the first coach to be interviewed, first head coach to be interviewed, was Marvin Lewis. Um, he's actually the current co-defensive coordinator for Arizona State. Obviously, the longtime Bengals head coach. I was curious about your guys' opinion. What would you think of Marvin no, Lewis as their head coach? I, I no would thanks, not want Connor. Lewis.
4: <laughs> no. He had a very mediocre end to his career in Cincinnati.
3: They should have fired him years before they did. Yeah, I uh, felt like if we heard- kept Caldwell, we were gonna be doing the call uh, the Marvin Lewis thing just nine and seven, nine and seven, a playoff appearance with an early out, like every year, like something that like that. Well, so yeah, someone
1: argued that, um, that someone argued that Marvin Lewis is hamstrung in Cincinnati and he, he never could get everything he wanted to make that team work. So uh, you know, uh, he made the playoff what three or four times during his stay there. I mean, yeah. five times. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but uh, I I would like to see a more youthful, uh, energetic coach. Person. Yeah,
2: I wouldn't be excited about that hire, but I wouldn't be like horribly upset by it. But I personally don't hope to go that direction.
0: That's where I, that's where I fall in more, Bob. Um, and and like UJ was saying, uh, people think that Marvin Lewis actually did a. a his performance in Cincinnati was extremely underrated. Uh, they were known to have like the worst facilities in the NFL, and they couldn't lure in any big free agents. It was all through the draft is how they built their teams to be competitive. In addition to that, they would never go; their ownership would never go out and spend big in free agency ever. Like they they never did it. So they're known for those two things and his ability to compete. I get him to the playoffs every year. uh, some people thought was masterful, and some people, you know. They could get deserve getting fired because he couldn't take him over the top. So it depends on, uh, you know, maybe what Chris Spielman thought of his time there and what other people in the NFL think. Uh, but it'll be interesting. But yeah, and Rud Dog, that my first thought when I heard Marvin Lewis was Jim Caldwell too, <laughs> in terms yeah. of someone that was stagnant, like uh, competitive but never could get over the top. Uh, so there, but Marvin Lewis never had Matt Stafford. He had Andy Dalton. I would say. <laughs> Matt Stafford, a significant improvement over Andy, anything any Dalton ever did in Cincinnati.
4: I would agree with that.
0: Um so the next uh the Lions uh, we recording this today on a, a Tuesday, so the day the day before uh today, uh Eric Bianami was interviewed, and then today Darren Bevel was being interviewed for the head coaching position. Uh on Thursday, Robert Salah is being interviewed, and then the Lions also have interviews lined up with Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans, and then Dan Campbell. If you don't remember his name, he was the backup tight end for Lions for a little while in 2006-2008. And now he's the current uh, assistant head coach uh, for the New Orleans Saints the last five years. And he's widely uh, well-respected, at least, over there in New Orleans. So what out of all these names, uh, gentlemen, does anybody excite you the most? Um, does anything pop out? I'm just curious what your thoughts are here.
2: Well, I'll, Let's... Well, I'll go first. If I don't If care.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, um, I would say the most exciting one would be Salah just cause he's, uh, you know, he's an exciting guy to watch on the sidelines. The players love him. Yeah. Fans love him. He doesn't have the head coaching experience, so it's a, it's a bit of a crapshoot, but, uh, just as far as excitement factor, I think he would, uh, be my top pick.
1: Yeah, he he seems to be a natural leader, uh, and I think in the modern NFL, I think you need a guy who can lead men. It's it's a strange brew of guys out there nowadays. You know, it's not like the rah rock college These guys are all their own brand, their own names. I mean, to keep these guys all heading in the same direction, it takes a guy who can lead men, and he seems to be like a guy that can do that. Plus, I just want to say one other thing: when Patricia was coacher, he came in with the uh, the the lie that turned out to be that he our team would adapt any situation as a Salah is prominent on the field. He's lost tons of players and he's adapted no matter what the situation was. And, and they played a, a really good football despite losing so many people. So I really, I really like the prospect of him being the coach.
3: Yeah, he seems to be the hot choice. And I, I thought he did have a couple of years of head coaching experience, Bob. Did, didn't he like coach for the Raiders or something? Robert Salah? No. Yeah. Oh, did he? I thought he had. No. So I no. Thought he did told... not. I thought someone I thought that was said earlier. You've been
0: given bad information, bad information. <laughs> bad.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, then, never he's, mind. He's but the I, kind th- of guy I, that I, seems I like.
4: like he could actually make something with this current awful line of defense. Like, it seems like our defense will be fixed fast enough with him as head coach, which I think is, some, yeah. is why yeah. people like him.
3: Oh, and plus he's going to bring supposedly three defensive players with him, <laughs> according to uh, Dante Whitner's. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and uh, so the thing with Salah, um, it, it'll be interesting to, to ha- see what happens at the GM spot, too. Um, if the Lions are able to take John Schneider away, that's one of the names that was thrown out there. That'd be kind of wild if the Lions were able to steal him away from Seattle. I would love
1: that. Yeah, I would I love that.
0: And I don't think the Lions would have the trade. It's considered a promotion, actually, if he becomes the GM of the Lions, because Pete You're Carroll right? is final uh, personnel, say, in Seattle. So it'd be a it would be a promotion for him. To come over to Detroit. Um, But in addition to that, Salah was over there in Seattle for a little while um, while John Schneider was over there. So they'd have that type of camaraderie. Um, In addition addition to that, Salah, if he gets hired, though, uh, I think if he he does get hired, what's going to be interesting, and I guess we could talk about this later more at length, but on the offensive side of the ball, I would not expect Darren Bevel to be there. If Marvin Lewis is hired, I'd say yes. I think Darren Bevel would stay. But if a guy like Salah is there, I would I would think he brings over uh, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is – I get these two confused. Uh, Matt LaFleur is a coach of the Green Bay Packers. His brother is the passing game coordinator right now for the San Francisco 49ers. He's considered an offensive coordinator and waiting. That seems like a natural fit to bring him over um, to Detroit, to kind of bring that Kyle Shanahan-type offense uh, to, D- to Detroit, which would be – it, it, it might open up TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. What do you think about yeah. that. Um,
3: right. Not like we invested a lot in him or anything, so yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um the And the the other really interesting one is Arthur Smith. That guy is interviewing with every single head coaching uh vacancy right now. I can't I can't say the name a lot. Can't say the same about every other coach on this list. Martin Lewis is interviewed with two people. Um, he's the only one that's interviewing with every team. Arthur Smith. Uh, Sala I don't think is doing it with one of the teams I can't remember which team I think the Texans he isn't interviewing with so Arthur Smith is definitely one of the hottest if not the hottest name hotter than Salah's name actually right now and that's just because of his offensive mind um he runs this duo run offense uh but it'll be really interesting to see a guy like that uh who's built his way up 12 years through the Titans organization and, and an offensive mind coming in here over defense you see a lot of teams they went. They had a bad defensive guy. They switch over to an offensive guy because uh, <laughs> the defensive guy didn't work out. But I-, I think with Salah, it's different. This seems like a. This seems like the guy that um, they want out of Patricia, like a culture guy. This is a guy that can build like a culture in the team, and he. It almost seems like too natural fit Salah coming to the Lions. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, and what <laughs> I like about
2: I Salah is the culture seems to be coming from him where. Patricia was trying to duplicate, I think, what Belichick was doing. So Oh
4: yeah. yeah, everyone in San Francisco just loves the guy. Like they're like, they're basically telling teams they're going to be stupid not to hire him.
3: Which you didn't get the same thing with Patricia.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, Bob. I really like that point, actually.
3: Whoever we end up getting, it's going to be a losing battle that I'll be fighting to not get my hopes up too high. So. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's hard to get too, like, ah, uh, because we were that. I, well, I mean, Bob wasn't too high on him, but I was pretty excited what Patricia was bringing. So I, it's hard not to get excited. I'll be excited whoever we get. Yeah, um, and, and
0: then if you were.
3: Go ahead. Yeah, Bob, sorry. No, I was going to oh, say. I, I was... <laughs>
2: we're talking over each other. I'll just finish go, my go points. Ahead, I'm, I'm rolling right now. I was going to say, the enemy, uh, he seems like too much of a wild card you know like uh obviously this uh, yeah. the chiefs have a great offense and it's always a question of w- whether he's calling the plays or not or if it's just Andy Reid. plus he is a bit of a checkered past before he became uh and i, I think we are avoiding character things like patricia had his checkered past which came up yeah. later but, so
3: i don't want the enemy
0: this. yeah i, I would i would be less excited about beyond me personally as well uh bob the question
3: sure. of who whether or not he actually calls the offense to me is the biggest red flag because if he's calling uh-huh. that offense granted mahomes and Tyreek Hill are gonna make any offense look pretty good probably but i mean if he's calling it then that's one that's fine but if he's not or is only kind yeah. of assisting then we got like sort of like the uh the lombardi thing like how involved was lombardi really with the saints offensive program before he came over to the Lions. You
4: know, I kind of imagine thing. it's more Randy Reed. But yeah, the thought I would of agree. replicating the Chiefs' agree. offense Was is she? so tantalizing. Like, imagine <laughs> Stafford in that
3: offense. It's like <laughs> amazing. That's why I but think I agree, that's it's like very the, risky. That's the trap.
0: I would completely agree. Now let's move on to the GMs really quick. This is the more fascinating one. The Lions are going a lot of different directions at this GM uh, inter- interview cycle. So Rick Smith They've interviewed already the former Texans GM that's uh, currently retired to help his wife, Louis Riddick, Scott Pioli, Thomas Dimitrioff, um the ex Falcons GM that just got fired this year. Uh, then they have their three internal guys. We don't need to mention their names. Terry Fontenot, he is the um pro talent evaluator for the Saints right now, number two, uh for the GM of the New Orleans Saints. Then there's Jeff Ireland, who's also the number two, a co-number two um, of the Saints as well. He actually was GM in Miami before, uh, which was kind of uh, up and down tenure for him. Rather down, though. He got fired, obviously, so it didn't go too well for him, Um, especially with a lot of off-field issues. And yes, this Jeff Ireland guy asked Des Bryant during a pre-draft meeting if his mother was a prostitute. (laughs) So, uh, oh, okay,
2: he was involved uh, in that. Maybe, I remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe a red flag there. Uh, th- this is a guy I think has maybe the inside track to get in the Alliance GM job just because of the connection with Chris Spielman and his brother, Rick Spielman, over in Minnesota. And that's just uh, a guy named George Patton, he's in charge of pro scouting and his experience as a college scout. Um, he is the assistant GM in minnesota right now but he's worked with rick spielman over there for years and he's kind of like his right hand man uh, and he's been waiting in the wings for years to take over the gm this kind of seems like a perfect fit if if he's getting good vibes from his brother over there in minnesota um and then the last one is brad holmes uh he's from the rams he's f- only 41 years old but he's been in the league for 18 years uh working his way up through the scouting ranks so there, And, of course, John Schneider, as I mentioned, over in Seattle. He's been the GM there, GM quote-unquote, for years. But he does not have final personnel decision. That's Pete Carroll. So, a wide, wide gap. And it's expected the Lions are to hire one of these people that they have interviewed, not some outside person that hasn't been announced yet. That's what Rod Wood at least said today. So
1: I just want to say, I, I want to give ownership credit here. I know we everyone blasts ownership, and they sell the team and all that stuff, but... They seem to really be going all out uh, this time around to do the right thing. I think one of the key hires was uh, Spielman. <laughs> I really, really think his input's going to be v- invaluable yeah. in this search. And, and they seem to be turning over every stone, man. I mean, it's great. In the past, they've interviewed two or three people and then they pick one. And this, they, they seem to really be doing a thorough job here. So I just want to give them a shout out for, for the first time in my lifetime seeing them do that kind of thoroughness. Yeah. Like, in their
4: yeah. I like that they're not using the league like they're kind of doing it themselves, which gives me more hope.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I like how they have um, some other former Detroit Lions people. They have the former Michigan state athletic director on these interviews. Barry Sanders is helping on the interviews as well. Uh, So this, the, all the different kinds of questions that they are asking these people, I'd be, I I would love to sit on these interviews. I wish they could record. I'd love to see (laughs) how these interviews go. I really would. I don't know how long they go. It would be fascinating to Just hear. Just
3: having Barry Sanders and Chris Spielman in a room would yeah. be cool enough Like sit and talk to them.
0: They they should record these things and make them public after like 10 years. I think that would be really cool. They they, <laughs> they never idea. would do it, yeah. but I, I think idea. it would be really cool. That would be cool. Um. All right. So let's move on now to our 2020 Detroit Lions grades. So... Ooh. I'm sure we're all going to have a lot of high marks for this 5-11 uh, Detroit Lions team. So um, let's start it on the offensive side of the ball. So we're going to go with the offensive personnel groups first. We're going to break this down by personnel groups. So quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So let's start with quarterback. And that includes also Chase Daniel and a little bit of David Blau but of course, mainly Matt Stafford, but it's not all him. Um. So let's go around. We'll start with you, Bob. First, I want to start with your grade on the quarterback position group.
2: Well, quarterback, uh, I think that's probably our strongest group that, that cause, uh, basically cause we have Matthew Stafford, who's a great quarterback and I think he's one of the best in the league. Um, I was very disappointed actually with Chase Daniel. I thought he'd offer a little more when, uh, he had to come in, um, so I, I probably uh, – just dis- I was disappointed with him. I kind of like Blau um, and just Stafford because he had injuries and everything, so he wasn't like a solid A. I, I would just go with an A- minus for the quarterback group.
0: Wow. Oh, generous. wow, A-. All right. Let's you go ahead. to you, UJ. All
1: right. Um, I'm not as generous as you, but I, I like Stafford too, but uh, I'm just giving him a solid B. I think early in the season he was a little rough. Uh, I think he got better as the season went on and, and part of that is not his fault. I think part of his, Patricia's fault that the type of game plan he was running. Uh, but once Patricia was gone and Bevel got to turn him loose, man, he was just brilliant. Amazing. So for grading the whole season as a whole, I, I got to give it a solid B, uh, uh the backup suck basically, uh, but Stafford solid, man. So if we go on with Stafford the next couple of years, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Uh, we don't have to find another quarterback. Although I wouldn't mind finding a mobile quarterback in the draft that can, you know, work under him for a year or two. But uh, no, I love Stafford. Uh, solid B for me.
0: All right, Connor. So what, what do you what do you think of uh, the quarterbacks and Matt Stafford here?
4: Well, kind of touching off what UJ said. I think it's complicated because I mean it was so evident that Patricia scheme was holding back Stafford. That being said, I still think Stafford played kind of poorly the first few weeks of the season, Um, like overthrowing some deep balls and making some weird decisions, taking sacks he didn't have to take. And Chase Daniel was awful. I I never want to see him in a Lions uniform again. Uh, But once Patricia was gone, and then the second half of the season, I thought Stafford was as good as it gets. And I'm of the opinion that we should keep Stafford. I still think you've got a good four years of Stafford. You really want to go for it with him. Um, I understand if you want to trade him, but whatever. Uh, I would give them a B plus on quarterbacks. Mixed bag, but I love Stafford.
0: All right, let's go to you, Rud Dog.
3: All right, well, I'm not as generous as any of you because I don't think they deserve a B level grade. Uh, Stafford was inconsistent most of the year, he did play strong towards the end. Um, I think he played good enough to win on like a better team, so I'm making this a C plus for the for the good strong finish by Stafford, but like all the crappy play by the backups and it just wasn't a very good season. Average grade, yeah. But uh not good enough to get dubs.
2: That is outrageous.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'm going
0: to go B minus, uh, Stafford early in the year, definitely not playing, uh, true to himself. Uh, it was good to see and be unleashed here right after Patricia's fired, like immediately after the week after he had what I thought was his best game of, of his career, uh, arguably against the uh, Chicago, that game, he was just slinging it all over the place. It was unbelievable. I know he threw a pick in that game, but it was, it was still incredible. Some of the throws he was making in that game. He was eight hit through eight touchdowns, two interceptions post Patricia era. Um so I and way higher rating and way more yards per attempt. That's what makes me think if Darren Bevel's offensive coordinator next year, I still like him. Uh and hopefully that was just a Matt Patricia thing. Uh but big old F, big old fat F for Chase Daniel. I couldn't agree more, Connor. This is this guy was complete trash. I don't know how he's made forty million dollars in the league. His arm is awful awful i mean just terrible and he has mediocre speed at best uh so i don't know what he i don't know what yeah. he brings it to maybe he's really good in the uh, you know the film room kind of like cullen moore was like why are you young around so long uh i haven't heard that like i did with cullen moore so you say uh,
1: good, good in the film room what does that mean like he's making like doggy shadows on the screen like you know <laughs> right. yeah <What's> that mean? <laughs> He brings the popcorn. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Brings the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he notices things. You know. What I mean. know. What mean. But um. <laughs> uh So yeah, I'm gonna go B minus here because I do think Stafford obviously just kept the Lions in a lot of. Games. I mean, this Lions team won five games somehow wow. with, yeah, with with being the worst defense in the yeah, entirely. That's, that's my thing
2: about Stafford. I mean, like. The worst defense in Lions history, and they still won five games. I mean, it's, it's yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. They were doing something right on offense. Yeah, so. you
0: don't, you don't, you don't drive yeah. the ball down at the end of the field against the Falcons with a minute and no timeouts, unless you have a guy like exactly. Stafford. So you, that's where that's where it you, can't be a. You C. do
3: got to remember though, we've literally won one of those games because of the defense too. If it wasn't for Aquara getting that. Uh, Sack fumble at the end of the Bears game. That they dub, gave up even get him thirty yeah. points
0: before that point.
3: Yeah, but we don't even get that dub without it. That's all I'm saying. Stafford threw that. And game then away Stafford and also D-S2 drove him down, and him. Swift dropped the ball against the Bears, and that was Stafford's the brilliant
1: one. drive. So yeah, even a the blind acorn finds a squirrel once in a while. Come on.
0: <laughs> the Lions win that uh-huh. game if they have a competent defense, which they didn't for most of the game, except for one play. <laughs> so yeah. All right, let's, let's move on now to the next segment. Oh, by the way, just really quick, predictions for next year. Is Stafford back in a Lions uniform? Let's go around real quick. Bob, just really quick. Yes, I think he will be back. Connor? yes, yeah, he'll be back.
1: Yeah, he will be back.
0: Red Dog. Yeah, I think he'll be back. I agree, he'll also be back. And Dave Burkett said that's his feeling, uh, talking to people around Allen Park. So, now let's move on. To the offensive line, a, a unit that just went through a millions up and downs uh, this year. Uh, they had the big V signing in the off season. Graham Glasgow is gone, replaced by Jonah Jackson and Joe Dahl. So let's go around now. Let's start with you, Rudd Dog. Uh, since you're the former offensive lineman here, what do you what what is your grade on the offensive
3: line? This, this certainly was a mixed bag season for this offensive line. I actually a lot of time they seemed like a really good pass blocking o line just to give up a bunch of sacks in another game. Their run game so rarely got going, uh, but I got to give them credit for keeping Stafford clean most of the season. Therefore, I'm going to give them a B minus. Uh, not a they didn't do great job, but they weren't total crap either.
1: Mm, you're harsh.
0: All right, Th- let's go to you. Uh- uj i'm gonna give him a
1: solid b actually uh is awesome uh decker's awesome i think jonah jackson's gonna be a really good pro so really we're looking at three out of the five guys i think are really solid players we do have to shore up that right side i know it's hit and miss with some of these guys but uh i think the offensive line deserves a b they did keep stabber clean most of the time and uh They actually started to open up a little bit in the run game, too, as the season went on, when we started using our good running back. but We'll talk about that later. But I give them a solid B. I I just think think this is a good unit, and they're young, and I think they're only going to get better.
0: All right. Let's
4: go to Connor. I'm going to – I don't know. This is a tough grade for me because I still feel like the run game isn't quite where we need it to be. But, I mean – showing flashes of where it can go. And I do think they kept Stafford clean most of the season. Um, I'm going to go B minus. I think they're a capable unit. I think they weren't a detriment to the team, but I do think there's definitely room to improve next season.
0: All right, let's go to
4: Bob. Uh, Yeah,
2: I pretty much uh, agree totally with UJ. It's like he stole that whole spiel out of my brain. But because uh, I, I think Decker and Ragnar are really excellent players, uh, the uh, buy tie was not a good signing. Uh, that'll when we grade Quinn, we can talk about that. Vomit. But um, yeah, Jonah Jackson. It's, it's a lot of lot of youth there, and I think uh, I think they're gonna only get better. And I think the run game did show flashes this year, which it hadn't for a while. So and uh, but they're best in pass protection. So I think this unit uh, is just gonna get better, and I I would go with the B. So,
0: <sighs> this is a, this is a tough one. Like like you guys are saying, Ragnow, Decker, awesome, awesome, awesome. They had a great year, uh, especially Decker. I mean, best year of his career after you sign a contract, yeah. which is usually it's the last year of the contract we get the best year out of their career, not the first year of a new one. Yeah, it's awesome. So that was good to see, and what uh, is gonna happen going forward? I know Decker wants to talk to Rod Wood personally about keeping Stafford uh, and. Mm-hmm some other thoughts he said that he had on the team going forward. I don't know what those things are or how hard it is for him to get access to Rod Wood's phone number, <laughs> but uh I thought those are interesting uh comments from him. But now continues to be an incredible center, hopefully a piece that will be there for a very long time. So two building blocks there for any coach coming in, they got to like that. Jonah Jackson, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully after a year and one more year in the off season he can really improve. Uh and upgrade his game. But that right side of the line was something else. Yeah. Uh, big, oh, big V. Oh my God. Well, I mean, first of all, he, he injures his foot and training camp, then bring in the season. First of all, this guy was brought in as a right tackle, ends up playing right guard for us, which is supposed to show off his quote unquote versatility. Uh, Tyrell Crosby was decent for us this year. Uh, maybe that's why they were so comfortable moving him to right guard. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think of Tyrell Crosby? I haven't heard anybody mention his name yet, and he played a lot of snaps for us this year. I felt he was okay. He's not. I don't think he's he a long-term fine. solution.
3: Respectable. You know, like, you could definitely trust him in there not to botch it terribly, which is I, something. I
0: feel like he's a really solid backup right tackle Yeah, like that can have a career for a long time in the NFL. Uh, but as a starter not preferable
3: which was both of those guys because that's what the yeah. tie was too we brought in a career backup to be our big starter
0: so i mean with with two i have two a's from Ragnow and decker then i have like a c from jonah jackson an f from big V, a C from Tyler crosby joe Dahl. i give a d so i'm gonna give a c plus on the offensive line this year hmm. um i thought their run blocking could have been much more improved or uh, maybe – it's it's so hard to tell. I need to go back and where you watch the tape this off season. If it was indeed the offensive line or if it was more Adrian Peterson just being like – look like he's pulling a 10-pound – or a 1,000-pound truck behind him on some of the runs compared to having DeAndre Swift You also there. have to consider that our uh, defense
1: was so bad that we were having to pass a lot more than we were, you know, control our offense. So, I don't know. Just throwing that in there.
0: That's true. But, I mean, there was instances like in that, let's go to the second half of the Bears game where the defense was playing good, and our offense comes down three and out, three and out, three and out, and our defense is expected to turn around really quick. So there's some really bad stretches of offense in there, especially early. I think that goes into our next category, personally. If
1: that's running back, um, if you're thinking about running back. Yes. I didn't know which category you were going to. I just assumed you were going to running back after that.
0: Yeah, so C pluser offensive line for me. So now let's move on to the next category, which is yeah.
1: running back. <laughs> so
0: we have DeAndre Swift, we have uh, Adrian Peterson; those are our two big ones. And then, of course, uh, on Johnson. If you remember, he's on the <laughs> team. <laughs> and then uh, Jonathan Williams, I think, had one run on the year he fumbled the ball. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that was not good. um so let's start with you bob what what was your great uh for the running back group here
2: well the running back group was interesting i mean uh adrian peterson you know people were all in awe of him on the team just because they grew up watching him because he's really old but uh but he did show some flashes for us but the obvious great part about our looking forward is deandre swift and he's, he showed flashes of what he's going to be, which I think is going to be very good. Uh, but he's had a little problem uh, hanging out of the ball.
0: And, hold uh, on to the damn ball, dude. Yeah,
2: hold on to the ball. And he dropped that pass against the Bears, which just killed oh. me. But, uh, and then he was injured. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed year. Um, carry on. I think he did a pretty good job, you know, blocking, but uh, not so much running the ball. But, um, so I'd, I'd probably go with the C for the group, but I'm excited about the future of Swift despite his uh, troubles this year because he showed yeah. some flashes that just, of greatness.
0: And I wouldn't say good job, but I, uh, Karen Johnson was number one graded uh, pass blocker from the running back position this year. Uh, well, there you go. PFF at least. So. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's go to Connor.
4: Yeah, I, I thought Adrian Pearson was just misused. Like, I don't know why they were ramming him down our throats for half the season. And he even said it himself when they finally decided to go to Swift. He was like, I don't know why it took them this long. So I'm not <laughs> going to hold that against AP. I think that's more of a coaching problem. Um, that being said, though, I think the running backs were very average this year. I think Swift is the first time I felt like he had a real true number one running back is with Swift. I never really got that feeling with Curry on Johnson. And I know he's a great pass blocker, but. As a runner, he leaves a lot to be desired, I think, and I'm really not sure about his future in Detroit. Like
0: you didn't get that feeling you- down
4: the line. You
0: didn't get what? that feeling with Carry on before his injuries uh, started coming into play.
4: I don't know, not really, not like I, not like I'm getting it with Swift. At least, like where I feel true confidence that he could be like a one A running back for us. So I don't know. It was a really mixed bag season. Obviously, Swift still has stuff to work on, and he was missing a lot of time too, but. I'm going
1: to go solid C as well.
0: I, I think uh, I think this group can improve next season. All right. I mean, but just to the carry on Johnson thing, though, but I mean, like right after that New England game where Patricia, you know, facing his former boss for the first time, carry on Johnson over 100 yards rushing. I think he had over oh, 40 yards receiving in that game. game you didn't have a, you you have a semblance was... of like, this is our, f- we have a number one running back maybe now. I, I did. I know,
4: I did. I'm not saying I never liked him. I mean, I've always liked him, but I've no. I've never, I'm talking
0: uh, about like saying in your mind, like, "Oh, we got number one. We finally have like a number one running back here."
4: I I thought yeah, no, I thought we had it
0: there for a moment that before his injuries. Fully,
4: yeah, that game didn't have me fully convinced. Then, and, and I was right. So I guess all right. Credit to my big brain <laughs> for seeing I the future.
0: Jesus. Well, he got injured, and then and he's looked <laughs> completely different running back since his injuries. I mean, saw Jesus the injury.
4: Some, I I saw.
0: All right, let's go to you, Jay. Uh, What do you think about the running backs? uh, Solid
1: C. Also, uh, the potential with Swift is just amazing. I think he's going to be a great back in this league, maybe a star. Uh, I was (laughs) the Adrian Peterson thing. Like like Bob said, uh, he showed flashes, but man, we just used them way too much when we we should have been using the younger guys. Uh, I just wonder sometimes if Carryon is a great blocker. By the way, he's a great blocker in the backfield. And uh, I just wonder if they don't use him in, you know, giving him the ball because he's such a great blocker. They don't want to hurt his blocking ability. I don't know. But I thought they should have given him the ball a little more, maybe screens or, you know, whatever. Uh, I still like him, but uh, I wish they had given him the ball a little more. I like Swift, especially for his potential, in which he's starting to show. But uh, it's just a solid C for the year. But I think uh, the future of Swift is very bright.
0: All right, let's go to run dog.
3: Well, if we're talking about how they were used, then that's that's a a big F in my book. I think they were totally misused. But as far as their production on the field, uh, yeah, Peterson did an admirable job for where he is in his career with the workload he was given, which is way more than it should have been. I mean, when you put that guy in the, in the red zone, he's like a bloodhound for that goal line. And I had no problem using him in that situation but uh he was just overused so much and only broke out so few runs uh swift was showing that spark and he looked really exciting at times the yeah the ball handling issues definitely needs to be fixed uh as far as i don't know who the other guys were but I, and that was a personnel thing i don't know when we're gonna grade that this will be come back for quinn but anyway uh yeah i give him like a yeah, C plus. I thought they did okay. Oh, I think the big the plus is mainly for carry on given an A plus freaking blocking performance.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so I I'd go C here as well. Um you do it because I do think uh that DeAndre Swift showed a lot of upside and uh some good things and I do like after Patricia got fired the use of Adrian Peterson. Now they use him, they gave him 16 rushes. And um, the game against Chicago, that was because DeAndre Swift was out for that game and they didn't have much choice on a short week. Uh, but then after that, he only had four carries, six carries, four carries, and seven carries, and he's a lot more efficient. And they, like Rudd Dog was saying, they use him on the goal line, and that's where he really excelled. It, especially when he only had five rushes a game, he could use all his energy on those yeah. goal line rushes, and it showed that he's a lot more powerful in those type of situations, at least at this point in his career. Um, but th- you had to knock the running backs for the fumbles this year. Uh, especially DeAndre Swift. I mean, just brutal and brutal situations and dropping the ball in the end zone on the the game winner. You have to knock him for that on the grade for sure. Um, Another one too, is they got rid of Ty Johnson who ended up looking really good on the jets. Uh, so we got a shout out from Ty Johnson on our Instagram, but that was the highlight of the year for us in regards to Ty Johnson being a. Detroit hey Z, line. if he was <laughs> playing
2: so well with the Jets, do you think it was the running backs coach they had over there? <laughs> Jim Bob. I was Cooter. waiting
0: for that one. I was waiting for that <laughs> one, Bob. <laughs> and just a reminder: Jim Bob Cooter, running backs coach of the New York Jets this year. That's Bob's
4: coach.
0: Um. So. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, carry on Johnson. You got to give him uh, props for the blocking. And, and he stepped up, uh, you know, every once in a while with a good run here or there. But mainly this is uh, pass blocking. Uh, so that's the running backs group. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to discuss on that going forward as well, especially the future of that position. If Swift is indeed that number one guy or if they find a 2A guy in the draft or 1B, one, one 2A, whatever you say. Uh, but let's move on now to wide. Receiver, a lot more interesting group here. A group that has three expiry contracts in Galladay, Jones, and Amendola. It's going to have a lot of turnover here coming into oh Agnew too. uh so a ton of turnover here coming into twenty twenty one. But let's see what everybody's grades are. Let's start with you, Connor.
4: Uh, this is a weird group for me. Uh, the whole Galladay injury was so weird. Like, why didn't they put him on IR? Like, bizarre. That was really weird. bizarre. And, and like, no one I've read has come up with the principal explanation for that. And cutting Marvin Hall, I thought was also strange. I, I know they gave some reason about testing out younger guys, but that also seemed bizarre. Um, and Marvin Jones, he really had an up and down season. I thought, like, a lot of the year with Galladay out, I was like, well, why isn't he stepping up as the true number one? But I thought the last few weeks, actually, Marvin Jones has been excellent. Um, Especially that last game against the Vikings. I thought they played really well. Uh, so I um, I really don't know where to go with this unit. Uh, Amendola, all these other guys. Agnew, like, I don't know. I didn't really notice them most of the season. Uh, I'll go C+, plus, I guess, on them. That's my gut reaction. Maybe I need to think about it more.
0: Yeah, let's go over Rud Dog here. First of all, I want for Rud Dog his grade on Cephas's season, and then get into the rest of the wide
3: receiver group. You know what? Uh, he had a couple drops, and that's that was the that was the downside there. So it gives him a minus. But uh, he also stepped up, and from day one was making plays as a receiver. He he got sat on the bench for a while when Galladay came back, but I mean he was one of the the big uh, touchdowns in our winner, winner against the Bears. So, I mean, I got to give him an A minus <laughs> as a rookie season. <laughs> on a minus a- on a rookie season slider scale. So, <laughs> minus for oh, the wow. tops.
0: He definitely got a lot more playing time than a lot of receivers do from a fifth round draft spot. I'm just so saying. I say and he that.
3: produced. Like, he, got a, I mean, he also, <laughs> the knock about his speed. He showed it didn't mean much when he took it off took the top off the Bears defense. So I mean, say what you want. But uh anyway, as a as a group, Marvin Jones disappeared for like a good like four game stretch, it seemed like. Uh holiday well, went down. Yeah. And uh but once once he kind I think it was even once Bet, once Patricia was gone, he decided to change his ways too and he turned into one of the like the best in the league, I'd say. He was dominant, finished with almost a thousand yards receiving uh I gotta give him like i give him a B plus because of those that lost part of the season where he just wasn't producing. But uh I mean he was awesome. Uh Galladay not breaks even, I don't know. Lost season. Uh Amadola was tough and showed up at times, but wasn't a huge factor. So I mean, overall, I'm going to give this grade uh, to this group uh, a B minus. They put up points a lot too, so they weren't terrible.
0: All right, let's go to UJ. All
1: right. Uh, I give him a, a B. Uh, I think a lot of this has to be taken into perspective that the first half of the season, I think a lot of it had to do with just the scheme and the coaching. Uh, once Stafford was unleashed, uh, Jones became a marvel. He was great at the end of the season. Galladay, the lost season, I inexplicable. I don't, I have no idea what the deal was with that. How do you get a hip injury and then you're out for like, what, I, who knows? What, no one will say, we don't know. Maybe it was legit. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Uh, Cephas is uh, I think he's uh, kind of a bright light. I think he's going to be a good receiver in the future for this team. Amendola average, uh, not his best season. I think it'll be the last season for him here, but uh, I'll just give him a solid B for the future. I have no idea what's going to happen. Depends on who they can sign. But uh, I guess we'll have
0: to wait and see what happens there. Yeah, and as far as the future, UJ at the top of this draft has Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith to t- really top end. High well, Devonta Smith so. would be
1: awesome. <laughs> that would be incredible.
0: Well, I mean, Jamar Chase is being mocked ahead of him really? even. Yeah. So. Are we? Are we getting
3: it, into the?
1: Draft talk. No no
3: no, 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 no. I know. I, he brought
0: up the future, so I just had to mention those two names really quick. <laughs> well, do it if you want.
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> future's <to> obviously <laughs> up in the air, but we're just grading right now.
0: so <laughs> Um, let's go to Bob now. What are your what's your grade here for the wide receivers?
1: Well, yeah, the wide
2: receivers was like a very strange thing this year, and I would give them an overall C. And I think that that's part of the reason why I give Stafford such high grades because he had a, a really poor core to work with. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he, when he did play, which is very little, he still looks awesome. He looks like one of the top receivers in the league, him fighting those balls. I mean, I, coming up for, to catch a ball and grab it from the defender, he's got to be one of the top receivers in the league that can do that. And I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think his injury is legit. I have no reason to think it's not. So, Hopefully he'll be back and healthy. Um, Marvin Jones, he's he's still good. I don't know why they didn't use him as much uh, in the middle of the year. Uh, Amendola is kind of a mixed bag. He had a couple drops too, uh, not quite as reliable as he used to be. And uh, who else do we have? Sanu or whatever, doing nothing. So I would give it a C. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, to to Rud Dog's point. I actually uh, was a little impressed with Cephas. I think he's got a a, a, a pretty good future. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying he had a great year, because wow. they they threw him to the wolves right anyway against the Bears, and he looked terrible. They targeted him a bunch. And he was dropping everything and whatever, but uh, and uh, yeah, he started to track the ball better, and uh, his ability to get open. He's got kind of sneaky speed. He's not super fast, but he uh, he can run good routes. So if he can just hang to the ball a little more. I think he'll be a pretty good receiver. So oh. maybe not a Hall of Famer, but I think
1: he'll be. That didn't hurt, Bob. <laughs> that had to hurt you to say
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> so, seat for the group.
0: Um, yeah. Uh so th- yeah, this is an interesting one. And the the Marvin Jones thing, I don't know if I blame Marvin Jones as much as the scheme. I mean, when they fired Patricia, you literally saw in that Bears game them throwing a. They didn't even complete the passes, but Marvin Jones downfield and double double coverage getting thrown at like it was double coverage. And they were still throwing the ball deep. Those are the type of throws they were never doing under Patricia. It was very much more conservative, um, less deep ball action. I have no idea, but once Patricia got fired, Marvin Jones started lighting up uh the stat book again. Uh, it, it just it it doesn't make sense what was going on the. Uh, Previous to Patricia's firing, uh, especially after what we saw in the first half of last year was uh, Stafford throwing deep. I have no idea what was happening there. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I, I thought Marvin Jones, I'd give him a B plus. He probably earned himself a really nice contract. He could thank Darren Bevel for that, uh, open up the playbook, and the Patricia firing. Uh, Amendola, yeah, de- definitely a subpar season for him. Had a great game against the Bears, uh, but overall, not not as reliable on third down as he as he was last year. I'd say, um, Galladay when he was in, obviously spectacular, but the problems he wasn't in. It, it'll still be befuddling why he was never put on IR. They must have, and the fact that he was like warming up before games in Chicago and then just kind of stopped, really bizarre. Um, I, I actually like the Sanu signing a lot. I thought that was really helpful down the stretch. It would really be nice to have a guy like that earlier in the season, actually, especially early in the season, rather than like a Cephas, for instance, uh, starting so early like that when you could have had an established veteran there uh, to, to step up. So I, I'm going to give it a yeah B B minus uh, because I do think there was a lot of good things out of this group, and it wasn't all their fault why <laughs> they were underperforming. I thought it was more scheme than the group itself. Mm-hmm. Let's move on now to the last offensive group. That's tight ends. TJ Hawkinson, Pro Bowler, Pro Bowl season, a.k.a. Rudd Dog's worst draft pick in Lions history. So let's go to him first. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to the tight ends to Rudd Dog here.
3: I still don't agree with the pick, but I like the player. And Hawk <laughs> had a had a pretty darn good year, all said and done. Dropped a few too many in at, at big times. But, uh, I mean, the numbers were pretty awesome. Uh, I I don't know how he graded out in blocking. Our run game suggests it probably wasn't fantastic, but uh, um, Jesse James showed up a few times, big. I don't remember him being like an X factor or anything, but I mean the group as a whole, receiving I would give it like a like a B plus grade. Uh, blocking I I I have no idea like a C, (laughs) hard to say. But so overall, I give the group a B. All right, Connor. I mean,
4: it goes without saying, like, Hawk is incredible. I still think they're misusing him. Not, not misusing him, but not utilizing him to his full extent. Um, I think he can be the top tight end in this league. Uh, but he had a good season, a few drops. Uh, Jesse James, I still don't understand why we paid him all that money. I'm, like, every time I feel like we talk about Jesse James, like, it, we have to remember that he was on the team. Like, we forget for a while. And then, like, he'd make a play and be like, oh, Jesse James. Like, he exists. Uh,
0: I, I do want to say Jesse James, top 10 pass blocker from the tight end position. In the well, end I was
4: going to get to that. Uh, to that yes. Thank you, Zach. Um, I, he was good <laughs> on the pass block. But uh, as a receiver, I still think not pointing up to his contract. I'm going to go uh, well, great. be on the tight ends, I guess. Just because I really love Hawk.
0: All right, let's go to Bob.
2: Yeah, the tight end position. Yeah, Jesse James. He had a pretty decent year uh, as far as his Lions' career, but uh, he's definitely not. He's definitely overpaid for what he provides. Uh, but like I said, his blocking is pretty good. He did make a couple, couple good catches for us this year. Uh, not the production. That i was hoping for when we got him but uh and then uh, Hawkinson, i think he's just a beast i love the, i love his attitude i love the way he loves football and it, the guy's not afraid to like hit or get hit the guy's just a baller he's like I, I put him and like stafford and decker like the same cut they're cut from the same cloth which i so um i think he's he was a great pick for the lions and one of quinn's best picks wouldn't you say run dog but anyway um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, going to be a future star. I mean, he is a star already. Uh, so I'd give the over, overall grade,
1: uh, an A minus for the group. Ooh, wow.
0: High praise there. Let's go to UJ. All right.
1: Uh, I'm not going to go quite that high only because, uh, I think Jesse James is average. He didn't live up to his contract, but, uh, and beyond that, I don't even know who's out there, but Hawkinson because of Hawk, I'm giving it a B plus. I think Hawk could be a future, uh, all pro. Well, he is, he's an all pro now. What am I saying? He's a pro bowler, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's not the same. pro bowl, pro bowl. Not sorry, all. Yeah. Thank different... you. Uh, but he's legit, man. Hawk is legit. Uh, but when we're talking about a bad draft pick, we're just talking about positional value at that point in the draft, not, not the pick. I love, I love the player. He's a, he's an excellent player. And for that, I give him a solid B plus just because of Hawkinson. That's
0: it. All right. Uh, so, so, yes, I will, I'm will. i going to give Jesse James a C. Uh, d- definitely his use in the past game has been highly, highly disappointing. Um, Hunter Bryant, Isaac Nauta, the, they didn't really contribute too much. I mean, Hunter Bryant didn't even play until like, the last couple games of the season here. So it's really a grade on Jesse James and TJ Hawkinson mainly here. Uh, and so I give Jesse James a C on the year. Uh, but Hawkinson, it's a tough one because – he he was a, the sixth-graded best uh, tight end run blocker in the league this year. He obviously didn't really qualify for pass block because he goes on so many routes. But he did drop the ball seven times this year. That's the part that bothers me about him this year is he dropped the ball a lot. That's, that's a lot of drops. Yes, he led, he led the um, team in drops um, by three. The next closest was Marvin Jones, and that's because he got thrown to a lot more and then Marvin Hall. Uh, so... I, I got to give a B plus to Hawkinson. I, I don't think he's quite at his what he can be yet. And because of those drops and because of a couple poor pass blocks that uh, affected some outcomes, I'm going to go B plus. Uh, I don't think it's quite an A performance from what we can get out of him. Uh, yeah. I'd be so- curious how
2: they rate those drops. Cause a couple of those drops, I remember he got destroyed as he was catching the ball, you know, so I don't know uh, if those are considered drops or not. but
0: anyway. Yeah. I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, this is what made me look at the stat because I remember TJ Hawkinson dropping the ball so many times this year. That's what made me look up the stat in the first place yeah. uh, and it, it proved to be right. So I don't, I don't know how many we'd, we'd have to go game by game to look and see how accurate the, the drops the rating is. But, uh, I do, I do remember it being a problem for me uh, during the year. But let's move on now to the defensive side of the ball, where we have a lot of high grades. And we apologize. This is our last podcast for a little while, so it's going to be a little longer than our usual ones. Uh, But let's go now to the defensive side of the ball. Let's go to the defensive line. This will be interesting. Let's start with you, UJ. We have Aquara. We have Griffin for half a season. Uh, The rest.
1: Ah, boy. This is a tough (laughs) one. D line, I I gave him a D. Uh, This is a solid D. It wasn't all bad. Uh, they were injured a lot, nicked up a lot. Flowers got hurt. That that hurt them. Uh, there were two bright spots in my mind, and that was Aquara, obviously, and uh, Pennicini, I thought was a pleasant surprise for this team. Uh, but aside from that, they just really didn't give much pressure on the quarterback, and uh, which contributed to how horrible our defensive backs were. So it was just it all starts there, and uh, I don't think they lived up to anything actually uh, a d i'm not going to f cuz there were some bright spots and you know it wasn't totally bad but it was not good <laughs> so
0: let's go with bob
1: uh yeah the
2: the uh defensive line man the uh i thought you know Trey Flowers is a good player but he's injured a bunch so we didn't get a full look at him i thought Aquara oh. had a breakout year i think he he was excellent um who else we got? Uh, Hand Shelton. It, it's yeah. I mean, just the results were terrible. I think a lot of the past problems they have comes from the defensive line not getting good pressure. So, I would go a D plus. And the the only bright spot is like seeing O'Quarre emerge, but uh, I, I was really disappointing in the line. So D plus. Did you uh, like Pennisi though? Rudnoff. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I sorry I didn't mention Pennicity. He was also a bright spot. I, I like him. I think he'll be a good guy going forward. So I'm I am very happy with him. Yeah. But if, if you just look at the overall results of what they did on defense, yeah. it's hard to give him a high grade as a group. Absolutely. you know.
0: Ruddog.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go with a D as well. And the only reason this isn't much lower is because my boy O'Quara getting ten sacks this year. That's huge, getting double digit sacks. And it wasn't all meaningless junk sacks either. You know, just look at the Bears game. Got the dub because of it. Um, Yeah, Pennicini was a nice uh, surprise in his stoutness in the run game and even kind of got into the backfield a couple times. Danny Shelton started off like crap and then kind of settled in and actually was a decent player, I thought, for us. Um, Griffin was nice to have in the second half of the season. I would have liked to seen him have a whole season uh, especially if Trey Flowers injuries hurt. So, I mean, it's a real mixed bag, but it's going I'm just going to give him a solid D. It could, like, like Bob said, the results weren't an F, but um, uh, for yeah. some individual performances, I'm giving him a D.
4: All right, let's go to Connor. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to echo what everyone said, but, I mean, Aquara's awesome. I mean, he's probably going to be due a big payday soon. Um, that'll be a problem to deal with for the Lions, but – Outside of a choir, I do like Pennesini a lot, actually. I thought all season, I think he's been a good rock. I think he's improved. Um, Trey Flowers is making a ton of money, and I know he's not really playing for injuries, but, you know, that, that was unfortunate, I guess. Danny Shelton, I've never really been a huge Danny Shelton fan myself. The rest of the unit I thought was pretty atrocious. Um, I mean the the defense speaks for itself. I don't think any unit on the defense should be getting above a D, in my opinion. So I'm going to go solid D on the defensive line
0: yeah, um so i'll give uh I'll give it a D minus like the, the the only reason I'm not giving a complete F is because Aquara's pass rushing, but i I don't want over I don't want to praise Aquara too much here because his run defense is still really bad. Uh I, I think we're I think we're giving him a little too much praise and I think the reason why he won't get as uh a big a contract as some might think is because his run defense is still I, I think below, below average. Uh so as you, you you can go back and watch the Bears game if you want to see some really bad run defense out of Aquara. Um as far as Pennasini, I think you're also giving him way too much praise. I don't think he actually was that good this year. I just think he was a body that <laughs> we ran out of bodies and he happened to play a lot and he stuck out every once in a while because of a newer guy but overall I, he was an okay run defender he wasn't great and his pass rush is atrocious uh, so I, I wouldn't give penascini's maybe a backup d tackle he's definitely not a starting d tackle going forward in my opinion this this whole defensive line needs to be revamped Everson griffin nice to have him there good pass rush but every game offsides 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 brutal to watch it, it, this is a reason I think the Cowboys didn't like him either. Very undisciplined, uh. But I mean, a high-energy guy. He, he'll he'll be around. Uh, he probably won't be around the Lions next year. The defensive line really, really needs to get an upgrade, and that's why I would love a guy like Salah to come into Detroit. He's a defensive line a first guy. He's a guy that focuses like that's the that's where the crux of defense starts is the D line, and that's what the Lions need to do. So if the they if the Lions can get Aquara back for like. Ten million, maybe that's too much. Even I'd like to see him back, but I would not overpay him at all. Um, I don't mind seeing this whole defensive line gone, except for Trey Flowers. Uh, so D minus. I I probably should give it up the way I just described that to be honest, but uh, there there's a lot to not like about this defensive line uh, besides oh, the car, uh, pass rush. Uh, so uh, yeah, Connor, do you want to throw something in there?
4: Well, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think this team needs like nine new starters. And I, uh, to your point, I mean a lot of those are on the D line, so I I would agree. Maybe we're giving acquire too much praise.
0: Yeah. So I mean, again, his pass rush, awesome, awesome, awesome. Run yeah. defense, not good. Uh, that, that So that's that's where I'm at with that. But let's move yeah. on to an even worse unit, in my opinion, Ugh. arguably the worst in the entirety history of such a position group for the linebackers. I mean, oh.
4: <laughs>
0: Connor heard your voice, kind of grunting. Let's go with you, man. It's, please start us. Uh, is there a grade bad enough okay. that we can give?
4: This unit unequivocally gets an F. This is this unit's been a disaster. We've been <laughs> talking all year about how the Lions did generate a pass rush. They can't do it. Tavai. Oh my God. T- Tavai <laughs> needs to be <laughs> off this team tonight. This man is terrible. I I don't know what. Quinn was thinking um Jamie Collins he occasionally makes a really flashy play I guess he excited but then often more often than not he's just getting burned everywhere like missing open tackles like looking like a fool um Gerard Davis I don't even know bizarre bizarre use of him I think in general by the Lions but not good either I mean this unit clearly gets an F would anyone disagree with that grade like, I think they were awful. just my opinion.
0: Bob, let's go to you.
4: Yeah, this
2: was a pathetic group. And I've been wanting for years since, uh, I guess, since DeAndre Levy left to get a real and great linebacker on the Lions. And we have not found one, and not in this group especially. Uh, yeah, the linebacker play been terrible. Terrible against the run, terrible against the pass. Javai looks lost out there. I mean, he'll, occasionally he'll, like, make a play, and you're like, oh, wow, he's – actually made a play. It's like, shocks you. Um, I kind of like Reggie Ragland for some reason. I don't know. I just like his, uh, his style out there, but, uh, but the unit was terrible. I got to go an F on that group. Um, yeah. Jamie Collins. I wasn't too excited about getting him to begin with. And I don't think he proved me wrong in that. I love, I like Jerry Davis as a guy. He's a, he's a good athlete, but uh, they have not found a way to use him or he's just not playing well, but uh, F for the
1: group, terrible. UJ, yeah, same here. F, solid F. I mean, Jamie Collins, I think, is okay, but after that, like brutal, <laughs> brutal. To buy, uh the, all of them, Kirsten Jones, is just a horrible unit, and uh, it really killed us. But just, just a plain straight out F. I have nothing more to say.
0: Burn them all. That's like from Game of Thrones, right? UJ, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: let's not talk about that show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That was even worse than the linebacking <laughs> corps. Yeah, they were worse yeah. than the writers who ruined Game of Thrones. That's how bad they were.
0: <laughs> All right. Rudd Dog.
3: Uh, this is a weird one because I, I do think Jamie Collins is not a bad linebacker. Uh, but, I mean, this is an easy F. But I still think there's some talent there. Just it's, it's so, not much, but it's not – talent depleted but they as a unit they played so bad this is so bad i mean inexplicably bad that the play that pops into my mind even though this is the d line too was was it the bears game or no it was the tampa bay team game when the whole line just collapsed and disappeared underneath the the bucks offensive line but that was jamie collins rushing at that point in time he fell down first and Great. The linebacking core was trash. No matter who was good or you know might have been not be terrible in, as an individual, as a unit, awful.
0: Yep, I mean F. This is the easiest grade to give, probably <laughs> in the into- out of all these position groups. Tavai was the worst rated player in the entire defense uh, in the NFL for anybody that played sixteen games this year. It's uh, <laughs> just inexplicable what the Lions saw in their scouting of him. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. He's slow. Uh, he's slow. Uh, he, yeah. he can't tackle. He can't cover anybody. I, I just... I'm can't pass rush. I remember they saying like he played in a bunch of defenses at Hawaii, and like he can. He's smart enough to scheme, but I mean, whatever smarts he has doesn't make up for how unathletic he is on the field. I guess. Uh, I mean, just brutal. Uh, Christian Jones, again, just kind of disappears. Uh, I've never been a fan of his. I-, I thought maybe they're using him better, but it turned out not to be correct. Reggie Lagland, uh, I mean, just the whole thing. It- it's- it's- uh, Jamie Collins, he'll be around just because of the contract. I hope they find some use for him. Whatever they do, do not put him against any sort of running back in coverage. coverage. Oh for the love of God, please <laughs> don't. And we saw in these last few games, Jalen Reeves-Maben, there is a reason why he is not a three-down linebacker. Uh, he gets bowled over in the run game, like terribly so. He's just undersized. But he's a great special teamer, so he'll still be around in the NFL, but just not as a – I do want to see him more used as a – I mean, we've been saying this over and over again. In passing downs, I think that's where he'd still ex- ex- like exce- excel. Yeah, But nonetheless, just the worst linebacking group in the NFL – bar none, <laughs> just, just terrible. I want to throw out this stat too. I thought it was just a fun stat for how bad this Lions. As we mentioned, the Lions had the worst defense in the entirety of the franchise, which is saying a lot for the losingest franchise in NFL history. Uh, but um, they gave up the most points and the most yards in our franchise. And the, let me just say, the, the Lions gave up the most points in the NFL this year. The average, they gave up 519, 32.4 a game. And the best defense in the NFL is the Rams. They give up 296 and 18.5, so a humongous gap between the top and the bottom of the NFL and how far the Lions need to go to get to that upper tier. It's a long way yeah. to go.
3: How do we compare to the next team?
0: The next team was the Jaguars, the 1-15 Jaguars, which, again, <laughs> we, we were talking about Stafford and like the offense, how much they maybe saved this season to somewhat of a degree. When you have a defense this bad.
3: We beat them by like 30 points too.
0: Yeah. Mm. Let's, let's move on now to the defensive backs. So I want to start with Bob on this one. Let's go to the defensive backs, a promising group before the season, maybe (laughs) not so promising. Yeah.
2: Well, they were actually, i mean, uh, they, they were obviously a huge disappointment, uh, Justin Coleman hasn't lived up to his contract. Um, uh, Trufant, we brought him in. Uh, he was came as billed, a guy who doesn't play that well and gets injured a lot. And he he showed up. Uh, from uh, people who had seen him, told me that, and uh, that that was what he was. Pretty much what he produced. Uh, I. I our strength is probably our backups, like forward and more, you know, when they actually, <laughs> yeah, you're right. But uh that's probably we have decent backups, but like uh Oruwari, I loved him when he was, you know, he's he was like it looked like he was gonna emerge as like a really good player. And then he just got burned, burned left and right. Um Okuda, I still think the jury's out on him. He was a solid tackler. He was battling injuries. There's a weird thing with him too, like uh he had a thing with the management. He wanted to get that surgery way earlier in the season. They wouldn't let him. And that took off his top speed, you know, like, uh so yeah. he was, he felt a little hampered on that. So I think Okuda, the jury's out on him. But as far as this year, he he obviously, his coverage is terrible. He was a solid tackler, but I, I have to go with an F with this group. It was a really disappointing group. So do you think if out. Quinn,
0: and Pat- do you think if Quinn and Patricia's jobs weren't on the line that Okuda would get that surgery? Like Maybe. they would, they I would know. encourage him to get the surgery.
2: I I really don't know why that happened. Is that what you think? Because uh, I, I, I that's my much.
0: guess. You know, they drafted this guy third overall, and he's going to get surgery right away. That takes him out for many, uh, like several weeks out of the season. Like when their jobs are on the line, that, I, I would imagine that's where the pressure would come from to make him play. That yeah, that's he, was, a guess. he was
2: saying like he it was just weird communicating with the with the coach and the and Quinn. So I, I, whatever they were doing, it didn't work. So. I
0: would say, you
4: know, after the group. Uh, Let's go
0: to Connor. Defensive backs.
4: I uh, I actually really like Mike Ford this year. I I thought he made some nice plays. I mean, obviously, put in a weird situation. Um, Trufant, I had a bad feeling about Trufant from the beginning. Just because I knew about his injury history with the Falcons and everything. Um, He's not a bad player, but, I mean, all those injury concerns came true. They took the risk, and it didn't specifically hamstring
0: injury his hamstring especially was an issue before coming to Detroit
4: yeah so when he was that week one when he went down I was like oh boy um and he never really restored that faith for me um what was I gonna say I'm sorry uh Coleman not very good or warrior not very good um I Akuda I know there's been a lot of debate in this group about who we should have drafted as number three. I still believe in my heart of hearts that Akuda can end up being one of the best picks of that draft. I think the injury thing was weird. Um, I don't really know what to make of Akuda. Obviously, if you just base it off his stats, disappointing season for him. But I really think he's going to turn it around strongly next year. That being said, though, this unit was awful. Um, there's no getting around that. I'm going to give them a D minus. I don't know why I'm not giving them an F. I guess I'm just feeling generous today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's go to you. Jeff. All right.
1: I'll make it quick. You guys have said a lot of things that I agree with more or less. Uh, I kind of disagree on Oari a little bit. I think he's going to be a good player. He, he had an up and down year. At times he was pretty good. At times he was pretty bad. Uh, but I liked him Harmon. I liked a lot at safety, but other than that, <laughs> I didn't like much about any of our defense. It was, it was a horrible, horrible year. Uh, Okuda, like Bob said, the jury's out. I think he may still be a great player. The injury probably has something to do with it, but uh, we'll have to wait and see with him. But uh, uh, also you got to blame a lot of it on our defense line it was so freaking horrible. Uh, but so I'm going to give him an F plus an F, an F plus if there Ooh. is such a thing. So uh, yeah, F plus for our, they were, they were really bad. Okay, but it wasn't all their fault. Hence the plus. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, all right, that's let's true. Rudd dog. You know, UJ's right. Out of every unit on a defense, it's the secondary that gets the brunt of everything that happens in the front two units. So it's, I mean, I think they do get a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a scale here uh a warrior started out looking okay and then like bob said turned to trash late down the stretch i don't know what the heck but i still agree with uj in that i think he's gonna he's he's one worth holding on to for a bit uh because i also think scheme is the other thing that comes before the defensive line linebackers as far as these guys go and our scheme was not good um a little better from last year but not good uh so i mean like you said, Font. I think the real problem was there that we drove away Slay, but fine. We got Font. He sucked. He got injured. Coleman, I don't know why we made him the highest-paid nickelback because he was getting beat all the time. And Akuda, rookie, you know, I thought he did an admirable job, got toasted a lot, and if he was injured, then, you know, it is what it is. But, oh, I think – Here's the one that really hurts me. No one's mentioned yet, and this was Tracy Walker. Yeah, I wasn't. Oh my it. god! Like, he—I thought he was gonna. I still thought he was gonna be superstar status eventually. And this year, he looked like he didn't even belong in the league. So, ugh, f just a solid F. They sucked.
0: There is one thing that they did with Tracy Walker towards the end. They started using him more in pass rushing situations and blitzing him off mm. the edge. And he, he was really excelling at that, I thought. I I, I don't know where that was yeah. before. Uh, it's too bad he slammed
2: it, his whole body weight onto the quarterback yeah. in the last game. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> what a terrible that, penalty to take. No, I'm just kidding.
0: That's got to be the worst call in NFL history. And the Lions have had a lot of them. But I mean, that is literally the game of football. Like, right. you're tackling a guy to the ground. That, that was outrageous. <laughs> that's football.
3: Outrageous. <laughs> that <was> so bad.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we need to go in more into it. I mean, it's just so ob- <laughs> uh, apparently obvious. Um, I The DBs, I'm going to give a D. And that's because, like uh, Red Dog was saying, uh, th- I mean, when you are giving up the most time to pass in the NFL – uh, it's really hard to give a complete grade on the DB. So, like, when you when you have to defend for four seconds, uh, c- compared to, like, maybe, like, the L.A. Rams, whose cornerbacks only have the defend for two and a half seconds or less every time. I mean, there's a big difference there, in the, especially the NFL, when you have that much extra time to throw the ball. Uh, so it's really hard to give a complete F to this unit. I do. I thought Duron Harmon did play really well, uh, and he played hard. Okuda. Bad in the past, but man, he looked really good in the run game. I, that's what encourages me about him. The fact that he was sticking his nose in there. Um, I think he was the. I mean, if 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 Akuda played a full season, he'd be the top graded cornerback in run defense. So there is some really promising results there. I I really hope he gets the footwork thing figured out because <laughs> his feet got tangled up a lot this year. I don't know why. Uh, Awarie. He's probably a third quarterback. I wouldn't say he's a future starting quarterback for the Lions. I hope they can figure out a second quarterback outside of Akuda. Um that's my opinion. Coleman, yeah. I mean, just bad. <laughs> Overpaid. Did not perform up to what we're we're paying him. So I mean, so I'm gonna give it a D though, just because of the whole pass rush situation. And like Rod Dog was saying, the linebackers too. Uh so D. Let let's we have three more things to discuss here. Let's go special teams really quick. So that includes Jack Fox and Matt Prater and Dan Mulbach, of course. So let's go around really quick with this one. Let's start with Red Dog. All of them? Yeah, special teams as a okay.
3: whole. Uh, Jack Fox, A-. minus. He came on real strong, had some flat points in the year, but overall I thought he had a really good year. Um, Actually, I think he struggled when he had to start punting into a short field (laughs) couldn't just give his whole boot and do it he started kicking it out of bounds or in the end zone and stuff but uh and then uh mulbach this is like his worst season yet ever as a pro he was throwing some bad snaps back there but i mean still for the most part did okay so uh b minus though for him just for his standards and then uh prater c i think he made some good ones but missed way more than it was acceptable for him so there we go. Yeah. As a whole unit, this is probably one of our best units, so B. <laughs> all right.
0: Eugene, uh, that's good to you. And just a grade for the unit itself, not all, yeah, not all three. I'd say for the <laughs> unit, i give them
1: an A-. minus. They, they were actually a very good, bright spot for this team. Uh, the only down thing being that Prater missed more field goals than normal. Uh, other than that, Box was great. Uh, uh, we had a couple of good run backs. had a touchdown. And Agnew had that great touchdown. I give him an a name on it. It was a it was a high point for our team, our special teams.
4: Connor. I'm gonna give him a B plus. Uh, I thought those block punts were really cool this year. Um, that was really wild to see. Um, Jack Fox was awesome. And Crater? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with them. Hopefully it was just a down year. But I'll go uh B plus and then...
2: Bob. Uh yeah, Jack Jack Fox was a great find for the Lions. Uh, I thought he was really good. I liked our kick coverage was good this year and um uh, our return game was decent. Uh Prater had an off year. He he's great at those long field goals. If they just kick them all over 50 yards, he'd be good. But uh if yeah. <laughs> extra points and like short field goals he has a problem with, but uh so he was off this year, but i I'd, I'd give it a because of the other part of the unit, I'd say a B overall.
0: Yeah, I I go B plus. Uh, Prater did miss a lot more field goals than he ever has. Uh, but he did make the clutch field goals uh, that need like so against the Redskins. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but uh, the like ones like that, he he did come in and hit those field goals when they needed it in the fourth quarter, uh, late in the game. So I will give him that. And then Jack Fox set a net putting. Uh, yards record for the team so i consider that an a plus effort out yeah, of him that's impressive um and i think he led the nfl too and he's a pro there bowler so uh i mean that that doesn't get any better than that and you know what that means that we had a great special teams coordinator he's going to be on a lot of lists oh no we fired him <laughs> <laughs> yeah what <the> um <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens with braden combs uh career it, 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 actually if we hired marvin lewis you know he works with Marvin Lewis for like eight years in Cincinnati. Would Braden comes come back to the Lions? No, I don't think so. I, I, that's something <laughs> that came to my head, though. Um, but yeah, so B-plus. Let's move on now. Let's, let's go to the coaching. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've said a lot about the coaching already, I think, in the past, so maybe just a quicker grade here. Uh, let, let's go to Bob, though, first.
2: Uh, well, uh, Patricia and F. uh Bevel gave him a little bit of a spark. Um our defensive uh one was terrible. Give him an F. Uh Bevel, maybe uh I'll give him a B. So I don't know what that averages out to overall, but it was bad. So
0: <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> B for bevel. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
2: UJ. All right, Patricia,
1: I give him a G. Because that comes after F, right? Like <laughs> what's worse than F. <clears throat> A Z. I give him a... Well, it's not an Z. Uh No, horrible. Patricia, <laughs> and, and I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit if any listeners out there listeners us from the beginning, I, I was a slappy. Okay, I was. Because I, I drink a lot of Kool-Aid and I hope for the best. Well, it did not turn out for the best. It was horrible. Patricia was terrible. Worst coach ever. Quinn, awful. F. Oh, God. Bevel, I give him a B or maybe even a B plus for what he did when he had the opportunity. I think Patricia held him back a lot. But, man, it was a... <clears throat> Excuse me. It was enlightening to see uh Stafford let loose. It was beautiful. Uh the defense, uh boy, Unlin. I've given a D only because when Patricia was gone, the uh I think he tried a lot of different things, he just didn't have the personnel to make it work. But I give him credit for trying some different stuff. Uh so I'll just give him a D. So overall the coaching was just god awful. Uh I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Especially Team
0: was great, but other than that, it was not good. That's it. All right, let's go to Connor.
4: I mean, Patricia, obviously an ass. Like, I've, I've never seen a team so, like, broken and so, like, full of hatred for a coach as I've seen with Matt Patricia. Um, so we don't have to talk about him anymore. Um, Daryl Bevel, you know, I think he came into a really tough situation. You know, he's at Henry Ford Museum. He gets attacked. He's the new head coach. I mean, he did the best he could. He got a. I thought a really entertaining Bears game. I thought that was my favorite game to watch this year. Um, he he gave the team some some fight, and once Patricia was gone, the offense really opened up. Uh, I'm gonna give him a B. Um, uh, on one F. I mean, when you have the worst defense in Lions history, you, you can't get anything more than an F. Nope, in my opinion. <laughs> so uh, that's dog. that's my.
3: Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Obviously, Patricia, I wish I, yeah, if, if we could add more letters to the end of this, then he's got them all. Uh, the worst, he was terrible uh, f- from beginning to end. Uh, Bevel, I would give him, if you were, especially post Patricia, uh, a B. Uh, before that, I thought the offense was not that great, but I think we see that was Patricia. Um, Unlin, I agree with you, Jay, to some extent that I think a lot of our bad defensive aspects were again due to patricia, and by the time unlin really had it all to himself, he had the scraps of players left i mean i'm I'm still not saying he did great d minus but overall oh unlin or uh the special teams was the other one they got a b plus but uh overall f i mean they're the coaching is what where this all really happens for the <laughs> results of the season, so fail. Fail, fail, fail.
0: Yep. I mean, obviously, from a head coaching perspective, enough from Patricia. There's no doubt about that. We've gotten a link to that in the past. I don't think we need to expound there. But Darren Bevel, I'm going to give an A minus. I thought he did an awesome job this wow. year. I actually thought he put him in really good positions early in the season too. Stafford didn't execute on a few throws as well, and he was obviously hampered by the Patricia scheme because we saw last year the first eight games what the Darren Bevel offense was, and then it came back after Patricia was fired this year. So I think Darren Bevel actually uh, did as good a job as he almost possibly could. There might be like a few things in there, but uh, I really like Darren Bevel. I really hope he comes back. I I I think he's awesome. Uh, as I've a been head big coach, fan of his since he got here, no, I don't, not not as a head coach. I I think the perfect thing would be Salah and him staying as offensive coordinator. I know I mm-hmm. said if Salah comes here, the Le- Lafleur's brother comes over here, BOC. Which would be interesting, but I would love to keep Darren Bevel and not have Lafleur come over. Uh, that'd be ideal for me, uh, in my head. Uh, I I really think Darren Bevel and Map and Stafford are on the same page. I don't want to see Stafford go through another offense coordinator because I do think Stafford will be back, and I think him and Bevel are of same mind, uh, especially when it comes to the deep throwing. And I hope to see that going forward. Um, so let, let's we have two more categories. So let's go to the GM. Bao Quinn got fire, so I can't imagine the grades will be high. Let's go to Connor or let's go to UJ first. We haven't gone to UJ first this in a
1: total while. Total F. Uh <laughs> there's nothing you can say. I mean Q.
0: Give him a Q. Uh,
1: okay. For Give Quinn. him a Q. A Q for Quinn. Yeah, we shall these names should never be mentioned in Lions Lore again. Quinn, uh, Patricia and uh that other guy, Millen. He should be Millen. added to the list of names <laughs> who should never be mentioned here again. Uh, they should be wiped from our history. Uh, it was bad. I was hopeful in the beginning. but uh, You know, we always are in the beginning. Like, we will be next year. But, uh, boy, was it a disaster. Just horrible. I mean, he had a few lucky picks here and there that worked out, like Galladay and whatever, but, no, he you sucked. He was terrible.
4: Worst ever.
0: <laughs>
4: All right, uh, Connor. Uh, I, I will confess that I was originally a Quinn slappy when we first got him. I I really thought his vision was going to work out, and it it didn't. I mean, this defense needs to be completely revamped. Like, I think they need at least nine new. Strategies. Um, and I think besides a couple exciting picks and like one or two good free agency moves, I think the rest of Quinn's
3: tenure has been a disaster.
4: I'm gonna say an ass. <laughs> Rudog.
3: Okay. Well, I mean there's one major mistake that Quid made that basically taints his entire rest of his career. And that is obviously picking Patricia. I mean, that set him up for failure. He went as Patricia went because, but then, I mean, when you really look at this team, I know people like Hawkinson and he did good this year, but two years in a row, we could have had the chance to actually build up this defense. Or if we had actually picked a D lineman that year then actually having Akuda this year might have made more sense. But he failed to address the defensive line and the linebacker core in meaningful, effective ways and let, gave us the worst defense <laughs> in the NFL. Maybe the history? Is the history? or It's historically bad for us anyway. And then, I mean, the offense, he did okay. He I, I respect what he tried to do on the O-line, though he failed. I don't give him a, a, a complete F if, if, when I separate him from Patricia. I thought... His roster moves were a mixed bag. He found some nice gems in uh, Galladay, and uh, I think Jonah Jackson will turn out to be a gem. And a few uh, – there's a few others. He, he, I thought he did okay in the middle rounds. I just had a problem with his first early picks. So, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll give him a, a D, solid D, not good. but Oh, and as UJ always pointed out, he we aren't in cap hell, so you got to respect that.
0: All right, Bob. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quinn, yeah, I'd probably give him a D plus. Um, like, <laughs> like, uh, Red Dog was saying hiring Patricia was his worst move. And then he made some really bad moves like T T's Tabor and, uh, uh, um, or, uh, to um, or not, uh, the, the cornerback, uh, we just got from Atlanta. Um, but he made some True decent bye. picks. Um, here and there, I, I personally like the hawk pick a lot. I think, uh, but it's it's easy to pick those first round picks. It's not as big of a deal. It, and then some of the guys he brought over, I thought he overpaid for. It. So we got some big contracts. I don't think we're in the greatest cap uh, situation that you, that you seem to think, Road right, Dog. Because we have a ton of free agents and uh, we got to turn things around. So I would give him a D plus.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I mean the 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 grade for me is just based on his performance this year. We talked about his overall. Um but getting getting Swift I thought was good, but I mean paying big V, that obviously was a big fail this year. Um that that money could have gone maybe towards a defensive lineman instead they throw it on an offensive lineman that barely played for us and when he was in wasn't very good. Um so that that was troublesome he, and he never really addressed a defensive line. Like I mean he got Nick Williams on a cheap price. Danny Shelton, he thought he was going to steal, I think uh, he never really addressed it except for the Everson-Griffin trade, and by that point it was too late. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be enough uh F for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, and obviously he got fired because it was enough performance. Let's now go to the final one. That is ownership. So, Sheila Ford Camp in her first year as owner. What do we think of her? What grade is she getting from us? I like that. And, and are we getting free tickets or not based on this grade? <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's go to Connor first.
4: I I really like her so far. I think since since she chose to fire Patricia, she has done everything correctly. I think bringing in Spielman was awesome. We've already talked about all this, but it, it seems like finally we're getting like a full fledged search for coach and GM. And I don't know. It gives me more confidence than I had in the past. So I, I I don't know what grade to give her. I guess an A minus. She hasn't really been there that long, but I, I like her a lot. All right, Bob.
2: Uh, yeah, she has a small body of work, but I like what she, the fact that she fired Patricia without hesitation. And I like the process they've started. So I'll give her an A based on her limited work so far. So we'll see. But so far, an A.
0: UJ.
1: Yeah, I'm with Bob on this one. Uh, work is limited, but she's stayed true to her word. And when they didn't perform, she fired them, uh, Patricia and Quinn. And uh, that was, in, you know, it was encouraging. So, for the future, I mean, it looks good right now. uh I'll give her an A Ru dog,
3: yeah, early indicators are good. she's doing what she should be doing thus far, and that's all you can ask. you know we'll see as as she gets into more serious situations and serious decisions here uh but yeah, early indicators are good a I'm also gonna give an A um I think her bringing in Spielman
0: is a big one uh and by all accounts she gave a great speech to Spielman to like kind of bring it home cuz he's been kind of reluctant to get into the NFL like front office space here for many years and she's the one that finally got him to come in uh whatever oh, like whatever she he, Spielman said it was like a like a coach giving like a speech at halftime really the troops like that like he said he was he was willing to run through a wall for her by the end of their talk so i'd, I'd love to see what she said uh, during that conversation he did. Uh, Do you
3: think they're grooming him for like future GM or something? <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
2: Well, that's what uh, uh, Dave Rickett addressed that on the radio today. And he thinks he wouldn't have given up that huge uh, uh, Fox job unless he had some kind of future. So either GM or like team president is probably in his future. Yeah. Team,
0: team president seems more appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I would think. Yeah.
3: Why? Wouldn't he be more on the football side?
0: I feel like he's above the GM role right now, so that's why uh, I, I feel like he'd be going down yeah. a step rather than up a step. So,
3: uh, well, that's more control of the actual team, though, as GM.
0: Yeah, but I feel like he's gonna have more say on personnel decisions, even with the hiring of GM here, than we realize. Like it. His role isn't his role isn't mm-hmm. fully defined. It's he's kind of like a, he's floating around all football operations, is what it sounds like, and he's.
1: I still say this may be their best hiring of all. Getting Spielman. We'll see. I, I just. really I hope so. Believe that in my heart. So we'll see. I, I certainly hope so.
0: so. So an A. Um, she inherited Patricia by the time she got full control of the ownership. So, uh, getting rid of him fast, I thought, was a good thing as well. And and now she's like kind of like a meme with her hands in her uh, face <laughs> in the <a> skybox <laughs> yeah. and no one else around her. Uh, so kudos to her for that at least.
3: I just want to point out something a little further about the the Spielman and bringing in Barry Sanders. I feel like she's actually trying to create an identity at the ownership level at the, like the management level, instead of starting it in the locker room, she's starting it with lions players, lot, like Detroit lions for life. People at the highest level, people who have been a part of this organization who have bled on the field for the organization she's having them. In, and I felt the fact that they don't have such a defined role, they're going to be filtering it. The people who come in to actually do the job and build this organization going forward. And I think that's, Something to be really excited about.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And now, as you can tell, the Kool Aid for 2020 has been completely poured out, but we have refilled, and we are getting <laughs> ready for 2021. There's no oh, yeah. doubt about it.
3: <laughs> it's flowing, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, I give so, my
2: fellow podcasters an A for this season. We we yeah, go so. through a lot of adversity. I oh, <laughs> give you an A plus. So. All right, A plus is you all. Know. Know.
0: <laughs> and our listeners in A-plus for staying with us through the, the, another tumultuous season. Oh, my goodness.
2: For sure, for sure.
0: An A-plus-plus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it it only goes up from here, right, I want to say? But yeah, we did yeah. have five wins. It could go down. We've seen the down. <laughs> We've seen the low of the low. <laughs> yeah. It could go there. Yeah. But, no, we drink the Kool-Aid here. It's all going uphill from well, here. Well, the
2: defense can only get better, right?
0: that's true that's true that (laughs) is very true don't
3: say that (laughs) oh man there's always more points (laughs)
0: uh so as you can tell the length of this podcast um this is our last one for a little while here we might have one like we did last year uh before the super bowl just kind of break it down some prop bets and predicting who's going to win that game um but really quick before we end the podcast who is your prediction to win the super bowl based on the remaining teams let's go around really quick run dog
3: uh, chiefs, UJ, Buffalo,
0: Connor, Bill. did you say Buffalo bills?
1: Yep.
2: Bob, uh, chiefs. I'm going to go with the chiefs. What do you got?
0: <sighs> yeah, I, I'm between Buffalo and the chiefs, but I, I gotta go. I gotta lean chiefs right now just cause they have the home field advantage. Uh, but man, Buffalo does look really good right now, and I'll probably yeah. be rooting for them even if that's not my pick. <laughs> um, so those are our Super Bowl predictions as well. One last Way prediction. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so look out for a podcast happening uh, like the week before the Super Bowl starts about. um uh, but other than that, uh, we're, we're gonna be a little quiet on this channel for a while. You see, but uh, we
2: might have an emergency podcast when we hire. Oh, somebody. yes.
0: <laughs> That's right. You're you're right. You're right, Bob. We will definitely have an yeah, emergency yeah. podcast if we hire a GM or a coach. Ones.
4: Yeah. Or both. For so GM and
0: coach. Yeah, we can we can definitely have multiple uh emergency podcasts for sure coming up. So be prepared for that. It could happen at any moment. I would imagine in like a week and a half or so uh because there are interviews happening next week. Unless there's a guy like Salah that is getting offers from everywhere and he needs to make a decision, you might see a hire before one of those interviews happens. Um nonetheless, we want to thank everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. We also <laughs> want to thank our producer, Kid J, a great a deal. Yeah. Uh, he helps do this hey, a lot. Hey, he hey. spends hey, a lot of time on it and you know, his his voice isn't heard on here, but we really appreciate it. And he's actually a Rams fan. He's not even a Lions fan, he's helping produce it, so congrats <laughs> to him on his team getting the playoffs at least. And he helped the Bears fans yeah. out too, uh, by knocking out the Cardinals and getting them in the playoffs. Anyways, Good uh for so, them. Yeah, Instagram at Drinking the Blue Kool Aid, Twitter at Drinking Lions, Apple, Spotify, regular podcast. We are on there. Please subscribe. Please leave a review on Apple. We really appreciate that as well. Um, so I mean, 2021, it's a brand new year. The Lions are, uh, you know, headed to a long off season with a lot of big changes occurring, and we can't wait to talk about it with you all here on Drinking a Blue Kool Aid. So. For the last time of this 2020-2021 season, last but not least, as always, Go, go-, go-
1: Warriors! Warriors! Warriors!
0: Forward down the
1: field, a charging team that will not
0: yield,
3: and when the blue and silver wave, Stand and cheer
1: the brave Rock,
0: rock, rock Go hard, win the game With
3: honor, you will keep your fame Down the field and gain A Lions victory Go!